record. All right, so we're recording. Stay in a podcast. December 12th, 2022. 12-12-2022. Lots of twos in there. Four of them. Interesting. Sometimes I see numbers. Uh, actually, a lot of times I see numbers. Uh, a lot of series of things. I've been seeing 66 a lot lately. Which was also my football number in high school and in college at one at the end of my career. 66, that was my grandfather's number, who you might be able to see his football pictures right there. So I have my, my prayer book that was given to me May 25th, 1998, maybe 10 years old. Spirit, my dog, has chewed it. And he, the only page that is gone is the year <laughs> of when this was given. It is falling apart, but I do use it um, not as much as I should. Not as much as I should. I'll say that. So I wanted to read this prayer before I did this podcast because I've been, I've been away. I mean, obviously, if people have, have watched or listened to, the, to this before, um, they know I have been away because I haven't been putting anything out there. And, well, there's a couple reasons for that, which we will get into, but, I, but I've titled this Breathe and Give Thanks, and I've been thinking about doing this for whew, a long while now, um, but it just didn't seem like the right time until now. <clears throat> so, okay, a prayer before beginning any new task or project. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of the your eternal Father, you have said with your most pure lips, without me you can do nothing. My Lord, with faith I hold in my heart and soul these words spoken by you. Help me to complete this undertaking for the glory of your holy name. Amen. That's a good one. Amen. Thank you, God. So, December 12th, 2022, breathe and give thanks. To start this podcast or to do this today, um, I breathed. I breathed. Anyone here breathe? <laughs> you might be doing it right now. But, but are you consciously breathing? Where is your breathing at? Is it um, shallow? Are you anxious? Is it deep and calm? And that's something that... I've become aware of in my, my journey of healing uh, and of growth and, uh, and of just, and just of life. Like breathing has been something that has significantly helped me. And um, before I put this podcast, started this, this podcast, this recording, whatever you want to call it, I did uh, a Wim Hof Three rounds of 30 deep breaths in and out, holding for a minute on the 30th without any air in your lungs, and then a minute again, or a minute and a half, and then a minute and a half um, for three rounds. Now, I'm telling you, this was hard for me when I started this. This breathing with me has been 
a couple years now, probably since 2017, 18, so when, I, when I moved in here, which was um, the April, April of 2017. So uh, in that time, I, I heard a lot about this guy, Wim Hof, who you might know if you're familiar as the Iceman. But I initially, initially came across him on, on YouTube as, um, as a way to breathe, like breathing, conscious breathing. <sighs> Got to breathe now. Um, and I tell you, I could not sit still for the life of me to, to do those 30 breaths in and out and lay in my bed, lay, lay sit down or lie down. You'll see if you ever look at the video, I posted them a, while, a lot, but, uh, I was so, I was so agitated. I couldn't not sit still. I couldn't sit still. And in my walks with Christ, to Christ, to God, I've learned to slow down and be still a lot more, which in turn has helped me with this breathing or the breathing has helped that too. I mean, I, I think it, it works both ways, but, um, yeah, that doing that was incredible though. When I started to actually feel the effects, like s staying in it, um, and not getting so, so like I got to move. Anyone else here experience uh, some hard times staying still and uh, even still in your mind? Whew. We'll get into that. Um, but I certainly did. I, I was constantly plagued with overthinking. Even now, I think a lot. I like to think. Thinking is fun for me sometimes, but, um, but I'm getting better at managing the overthinking or the overcritically critical or uh, negative thought processes that I had that I certainly was living in uh, after the traumas that I had experienced. And if anyone is here for the first time, um, short list of uh, traumas in my life. My father took his, took his life when um, I was 18 years old. I'm 34 now. And it was uh, my, first, my semester, second semester of college. Uh, and then after that, mother, mother's death, my mom, my mom died a year and a half later, both grandparents, aunt, uh, one of my best friends took his life in front of me. And uh, I went off the other end of things into to alcohol, uh, some drug use and um, avoidance of all types and some a lot of negative coping mechanisms. So my mind was completely in shambles, my heart, my all of the, the whole road. Uh, I was just uh, going down a very bad path, but breathing uh, when it came into my life started to to really really help. And I and I think too, um, I've always been I want to say always, but kind of been a thrill seeker. And that cold water that I do, if anyone knows that or have seen me in my cold tub, uh, breathing helps in that too. So it was a weird series of events. Like I, I was going into cold water. I was sniffing around this breathing stuff. And then I, I, I learned Wim Hof's story. And his wife took her life, leaving him with children that he had to raise. It was very confusing, especially, you know, suicide is confusing. You know, all the questions that pop up and all the, the guilt maybe or shame that comes from... 
I should have said this or what could I have done or I, they did this because of this. There's a lot of it. So I related to his story because my father took his life, you know? It's not the same thing, but he was making a lot of sense because he, he was struggling um, with a lot of sadness, you know? And then I believe he started seeking discomfort in the ways to understand life and suffering and start pushing the limits on cold immersion and breathing. And he's, he's changed the world in, in his efforts through, you know, helping people manage anxiety and depression, but also giving, uh, giving information on the, the benefits of cold immersion therapy. So it's like, thank you, Wim Hof. Like, thank you for going after it, man. And, and, and being you be being you like, that's good. Thank you. So that's how I found the breathing. And, you know, the more I would do cold water, the more I would be like, yo, you got to focus on your breath because you go into the water, it's like, like that. But if you can go into the water and be, I realized, because all of these personal development things that I had been in into and reading is like mindfulness, focus on your breath, focus on your breath, focus on your breath. It's like, okay, well, focus on your breath. I didn't know exactly how to focus on it, if I could do anything with it at, at the beginning stages. But it's like, well, at least take a deeper breath. Because I have a lot of anxiety. A lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety. And I'm even coming to understand some deeper ways of it, even now, as I've, you know, I work in the mental health field and um, I've been committed to healing and now in my walk with Christ there's discernment and understanding that comes with it too it's been such a uh, overwhelming yet deeply transform transformative experience so um, where was I? I tend to go down rabbit holes sometimes <laughs> But breathing, uh, oh yeah, so I didn't really know how to breathe, but I knew deep breathing, deep conscious breathing um, was good. And I found Wim Hof, and I started to do these these breath exercises. And I remember the first time I held my breath for, for two minutes without any breath in my lungs, and that was at Applebee's. I was working at Applebee's as a waiter. And, you know, God bless all the, the waitresses and waiters of the world. Uh, honestly, like that was such a learning and growing and humbling experience working, but such a joyous time being there with people. And uh, you really were a family. It was really cool. I, 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 uh, I'm very thankful to Johnstown Applebee's, really, and all, all you guys that uh, were there. You, you made my, my healing and my journey and just my life better. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was waiting for my shift to start. And I was doing this breathing. I remember sitting at uh, the high top tables outside of the bar on the, the right side with the padding. And, and I held my breath for two minutes without any breath in my lung. And I was like, no way. Like, no way. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. And uh, I was like, well, that's something. I want to step into that a little bit more. And when I was more disciplined in it, 
uh, fell off for, for the better part of like eight months uh, this year, uh, on and off. But I was excited. And when I was doing it, I was like getting better. I was like, push myself. And I, I think I held my breath for three minutes and 30, 30 some seconds the most without any air in my lungs. Like, I'm telling you, like, I have done drugs before, okay? I'm not advocating for them in an un, in a in a way that you're not thinking about or not clinically supervised. So the high that you experience off of breathing when you're breathing, it's I realized that I don't know if it's a high. It is certainly a high, like a high, but you're present. And that's, that's the best high, right? Because, I mean, if you live with anxiety, you're in the future often. And that's a hard place to live because it hasn't happened yet. And so if it, if it doesn't necessarily happen like you think it's going to, which is normally the case, um, then you're already like self-fulfilling. Well, okay, look, something, it didn't happen how I thought. That just shows that it's unpredictable and it adds to more anxiety. Yeah. So if you're living like that, being in the present is a blessing and also the past, you know, stay in it is to, to remain in the, the present and depression, you know, constant reliving of things. It'll keep you stuck. And so like, that's the ultimate high is the present moment and not, and I've said this again, it's not the, the blissful ignorance of the present. Like maybe, like there's definitely joy and bliss in that. And especially if you can hear and see God better, which I think you can, I know you can, the more more you're present. Um, But here I go, I jump and I miss. I I jump and I go down rabbit holes. What was my thought? Do I have to like stop and like look back on this video or this recording? Um, But that's the ultimate high, like being in the present moment. And so it was, it's been such a blessing for me to rock breathing because it was such a big part of my healing because it brought me to the present. And by being in the present, I could look at all the, the, the shit the hard stuff that I wasn't looking at because I was avoiding it all. I was avoiding my father's death. I was avoiding my avoidance and all the, the problems that it created, the bills that piled up, the DUI that I was running away from. Like, it gave me, it, it made me look at the things because even just looking at them was a step in the right direction. And so, like, I would look at them subconsciously or, or, or in my mind's eye of like, well, if I do that, I have to do this. It was, it's painful to, look, to, to, to have responsibility, especially if you've run away from it for so long. So uh, I didn't want to do that. But breathing showed me. And then I was like, well, this is what you have to do. You have to look at the things because if you don't, you don't, if you don't, things just get worse. They don't go away. They don't go away. They might go away if you have money. That's something that, that like I had experienced when I had inherited my parents' 
you know, the, the money that they had left for us, I still acted like they were alive and like nothing changed. Spent money how I wanted, spent money how I wanted. And it's like, you can delay some of those, uh, the, the realisms of life with that. But it is, it, can, it is a trap if you're not aware, you know? And I was certainly not aware. But, and it ended me up in some very, very hard times. Very hard times, which I'm very thankful for because, and we're getting into some of the give thanks. I'm thankful for this dude. This is my dog, Spirit. Uh, for those of you just listening, he is all black. He has a little bit of white on his chest. He's wearing a blue collar. Um, and he's a big boy. He is, uh, his dad was a great Dane and his mom was a golden doodle and he has such a good temperament. He is very smart. He's very, he's almost too smart sometimes. <laughs> he's almost too smart. Um, and he can run. I love running with this dog. I haven't been able to run for about two weeks. I injured my knee. I have a torn patella and torn meniscus that I have been running on, but it's just, uh, just getting a little bit too painful so i'm going to focus all right spear thank you buddy uh focus on losing some more weight to get down to be able to run in a healthy way it's just too much right now um i had i gained like 27 pounds which i own it uh i know where i've been lacking even in that that's a uh that's a level up because you're like you gotta, you gotta look at the things, and you gotta acknowledge, you gotta reshift. And my life again, since I've been even away from this podcast, uh, I've just been doing life things. A lot of things have changed. A lot of growth has happened in my world. Um, hard growth, where that's where my focus needed to be, with myself, with people, with places, with things, where I want to take the company, where where I'm, even if I want the company. How, how, how to serve God is really where I'm looking. And those, that comes with changes. That, that, that comes with changes in your life. What you wanted might not necessarily be in line with what God has for you. So I've been like navigating trying to think that way uh, the best that I can. Because, you know, even in the growth and the healing, I was still thinking what Josh wanted. You know, what What I wanted. And it's, ooh, it's good, but I can, it's not the way for me. And I'm thankful. Oh, buddy, it's okay. No, no, no. I'm thankful uh, that God has, has blessed me with that understanding. And um, it's certainly challenging. It's certainly challenging to, uh, to realign and say no to the things that you might want. Um, but you know, that aren't on the path that you, that you ultimately want to go to. So that's a, that's been what I've been kind of navigating through. And then I got sick and sick. I mean, I was, it was in the hospital for tachycardia. My heart rate would not go down below 201 at rest. And that was a mixture of prescription drugs that was, that I was taking, um, as prescribed, and then a bunch of energy drinks, pre-workout, overworking, not sleeping enough, not eating enough. I was just in this mode of go, 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 more, 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 another speech, another client, another this. 
and it just wore me down. It wore me down. And so uh, it scared me a little bit. Like it made me realize like you're not a superhero. Even though that's something that like I had liked to think about. And I think a lot of us men and some women certainly think of yourself as the hero, as the, as the warrior that can't be touched. And it's good to be confident and strong, but it's, it's also good to be smart and realistic on some things and to take care of yourself because it's, you're not, we're not immortal. And I think uh, we try to be, at least our culture tries to live forever. And that's just not, that's not the truth. And um, it is good to take care of yourself, but we, we have to have like some understanding in that. And at least I did. And um, so I've been navigating through that. I've been navigating through my own mortality, which is it's heavy. It's heavy. I got, I got big shoulders and strong legs, but it's heavy. And it's like, well, okay, it's heavy, but it's also good to think that because when you start to think about death or when you start to um, acknowledge that it is going to happen for you and for those around you, you start to... I think build in gratitude for what you do have, the people that are in your life, the animals that are your buddies. And you you start to realize that you need to take care of yourself because if you want to stay as long as you can, God willing, you know, you take care of yourself. You do the things that you need to do. And that was, that's important for me. And you, in, in, uh, I forget what guy had said, he's a, he's a Christian pastor. And he said, the best version of you is not the version of you that can do everything. That's not. And it's like, that's a tactic of the devil. I think that, that little snippet of stuff to chew on, because it's like, well, I can do anything. I'm a Superman. I'm a superpower. Yo, that's not the truth. And if you're a lie believed is truth will be, the results will be like the lie. And it's like, or it won't be good for you. Les Brown talks about that. And it's like, so if you think you can do anything, so then you're going to try to do all these things and you can get burned out and you're not going to uh, be able to do the things you intended to do because no one has infinite energy or time. And it's like, I had experienced that full heart spirit. Stop crying. Okay. You got to stop crying, buddy. We don't, we're recording right now. All right. You can't cry. We're not cry- I mean, you can cry. You're allowed to cry, buddy. But you don't. there's no need to cry right now, okay? I know you want attention. If you want attention, and I will give you the attention because I love you. But no crying for attention, okay? Um, oh, yeah. where was I at? Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, if you're acknowledging death and um, that others in your life will also die, you, you realize we're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So it's like, live the best you can and, and, and go the extra mile. Not just, not for you, but for them. Because if they're not guaranteed tomorrow, and you're not guaranteed tomorrow, well, wouldn't it be better if we all tried to live like we're dying? Thank you, Tim McGraw. <laughs> but truly, um, it's hard to do that. Because you know why? It takes faith. It takes faith. You know, that there is a greater 
The kingdom is there. <sighs> I understand it can be hard. We hope. We hope that's the truth. We do, as humans. We know it's the truth. But I mean, it's going to be hard. Like, living like that, especially with all the distractions of the world, which are certainly around. And so it's like, I found, we'll go, we'll go back. With, that, with looking at death like that, you become more grateful. And you become uh, more thankful for the things that are in your life, the people that are in your life, the things that you have. And in that, whew, I've, I've certainly found peace from depression. So anxiety was something that I think I've had for a while, like even into my childhood. And I think it stemmed from uh, very early asthma attacks. Isn't that crazy? I had very bad asthma as a child and I'm doing a thing on breathing. God is good. See how he works? Um, that just came to me. But I, I was always in Pittsburgh. I was always in Pittsburgh because I couldn't breathe. And I remember just like being so anxious about breathing, not being able to breathe. And I think that ha that certainly attributed to some of the anxiety, at least from a small age. And then um, I forget what doctor it was that was talking about ADHD and um, it not necessarily being a disease, but it, um, stop, it being a learned behavior coping mechanism if you have like anxious uh, parents and you're adopting their energies. And so, uh, Spear, go lay down, go lay down, go. And uh, so some of that is certainly, I think, the case in my, uh, in my life, but, uh, yeah. Oh man, I lost it again. Look at, ah, I go down these rabbit holes. My dog, spirit, love you, but you gotta lay down. Um, oh, so gratitude. Okay. Whew. Thank you. Thank you, God. Um, <laughs> oh, God's good. So we'll go back to gratitude now. So uh, a simple Google search. Gratitude reduces a multitude of toxins, toxic emotions from en envy and resentment to frustration and regret. Robert Emmons, a leading gratitude researcher, has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. Uh, his research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. I full-heartedly agree with that uh, from my own experience in practicing gratitude. Something that growing up wasn't really, you know, you give thanks at Thanksgiving, but then growing up, I don't know if it was something that we talked about that often, maybe in church, but I really wasn't paying attention growing up as much. I was just concerned with playing with my friends and causing mischief at the altar. That was me. Uh, shout out to Andrew and uh, Nick. I love you guys. I miss you. God bless you. But... Uh, <laughs> that's so, that's funny. So it increases happiness and reduces depression. For me, I had so much depression. And I'll get back to the anxiety. I know I bounce a little bit, but boom, my, my brain. Um, and so much depression after the death of my parents. 
especially my mother. And I don't mean to like say one is better than the other by any means, but I was definitely more close with my mother. She was my favorite person. After my father died, I was certainly sad and certainly missed him, but I was angry at him. I was angry at him because he took his life and he left us and he left mom and, and she would cry all the time. But when she left, when she died, a part of me died. And I don't know if that's real or, or something, but something changed. I, it was, it smacked me so hard. It showed me, it showed me that the world can be brutal. Never did I think after my father's suicide, my mother would be dead a year, a year and a half later. I just, I just think, didn't think God could be that cruel. That's what I thought at that time. I don't think that any longer, but, um, so I was extremely, extremely sad. And it was weird because I was joyfully sad because I went over all the memories all the time of my mother and it was so, so nice and, and I was thankful, but I was so sad that she wasn't here any longer. But I also was thankful she wasn't suffering anymore because she, she was, she was broken for my father. Very much so, very heartbroken, but she had many physical ailments that, that befalled her, um, that she struggled through and she, she bared it all for the sake of her children, me and my sisters. And she's a warrior, truly. God bless you, Carolyn Horner. I love you, mom. I love you, but high spirit. You're not going outside. Go lay down. Go lay down, buddy. Come on. Um, come here. So I was so sad. And then just one thing after another, Aunt Karen died, Nana died, Pappy died, all in, all in three years. Uh, yeah, three years. And then Brian took his life. Um, my buddy Brian took his life in, in June of 2012. So it was a very short span of time that I lost very significant people in my life. Stop, Spirit. And um, very crucial people. So I was overwhelmed with sadness. I couldn't heal in the way that was, was healthy because it was just like one thing after another. Then I was drinking a lot to, 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 to numb that pain and to just make me try to make me feel better. It made me feel better. I thought it did. And it only made things worse because all that sadness, so much sadness turned to anger because I... It just did. That reminded me of Star Wars right there. But I get it. Like, that's all that sadness, unchecked, fed with dark thoughts and alcohol, made me angry and then made me violent. And I, I wanted to inflict pain or not so much wanted to inflict pain, like to hurt someone, but I wanted to hurt someone in here or, or make, cause I was in pain, hurt people, hurt people. It was a very strange time, a hard time because I was, I didn't want to like pain and trauma. 
So, I can't speak about gratitude without speaking about um, my experience with LSD. And I say this because it's the truth. And I also say this not because I endorse it or want anyone to take what I'm doing as a way of, of helping themselves. I am just saying what has simply happened. And I caution any of you who are using or wanting to use any form of hallucinogen or unregulated drug to, to exercise extreme caution and to do it through medical means or don't do it at all. Anyway, um, I had first tried LSD whew, five years ago. And I was scared because I thought it was going to reveal my parents to me in a way or something. And in a lot of ways it did, but not in the way that I thought it was going to, like them pop out of nowhere or something. And it wasn't like that. It was like deep into the psyche of the pain that I had experienced. And I attribute a lot of my healing and my growth to that um, because it made me look at the things again, you know, we're, we're going, going back to, uh, avoidance and I was avoiding so much, but it made me look at them and sh talk about it. I had a good friend here that helped walk me through this. It, it was different from my drug use in the past because before I was using things to just get out of my mind, to avoid, to shut off, to, you know, but now I was using this to go deeper into my pain and using it as a medicine. Again, I caution, and I'm not condoning the use of it if uh, anyone is listening to this and has any aspirations to do so. Um, but it made me look at the pain, and, and I tell you, I bawled. It's the longest I've ever cried in my entire life continuously, and I, I just let out so much. I let out so much that um, it was, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead, spirit, go ahead. Anyway, um, I let out so much that it was so healing in such a short amount of time, like it felt like the biggest weight had been lifted off my back. I talked about my parents. I talked about my experience. I, I talked about how it made me feel. I talked about Brian's suicide. I, all of this just came out and it was such a healing experience. And I remember being on the back porch of my house and, um, the sun was just about coming up. It was just starting to get a little light out. It was like five something AM. And I looked up at the stars and the sun and the, the, the light of the sky. And I said, thank you. And I said, thank you because I had relived many of the challenges that I had gone through in that, in that trip, in that moment. And I had looked at it 
in a different perspective and I realized how blessed I was to have the people in my life and to have that those experiences because not that I love the fact that the most precious people to me died but a lot of good has come out of that God God works in mysterious ways but he can take something so tragic and bad and and say bad but tragic and hurtful and hard and turn it into something beautiful and strong and to better further the kingdom which is incredible Give me a second. This dog needs to go outside, I think, or he just wants attention. Hold on. Okay, back. He's outside. Um, But I was, I said, thank you you know, for all of that. And it was crazy because I felt like, wow, this, this gratitude, this, 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 the saying, thank you. There's something to that. So, uh, at that time in my life, I was seeing 1234 a lot, that number. I don't see it that much anymore. Only on my alarm for 1234 for, um, uh, for things I'm grateful for every day. But at that time I was seeing that and I would just, I would say, okay, four things you're grateful for. And a lot of the times it was peanut butter. A lot of the times it was a place to live. Um, I didn't have a car then and I was riding the the bus or actually I wasn't riding the bus yet. I was, I was um, at the whims of my friends and family. And, uh, once I started to really practice gratitude, I started to see the world in a different way. Because I've seen the world as very dark and sad and scary and hard and challenging, which it certainly is. But that's all I was looking at. I was only looking at the, those things. And it was always a mountain to climb. It was always that's not the truth too there's a lot to be grateful for there's a lot of good that's still here there's a lot of potential in things to be good and to grow into greatness and I started to look at things that way and I started to look at that in people you know there's, there's, there's a lot of good in people but like myself in the past who, who had been extremely hurt, people hurt people hurt people. And sometimes hurt people hurt people and they're on, they don't even know they're hurting people because they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They're not driving correctly, their, their car correctly. <laughs> and they're not even seeing what they're doing. The collateral damage of, of, uh, 
of a, a unconscious trauma filled person is whew, it's almost immeasurable sometimes and breathing deep conscious breathing can bring you back and I have some I wanted to say this earlier but you know we go down the rabbit holes on some things but breathing not only just you know focuses your mind but it actually biologically deep conscious breathing biologically can reduce your anxiety reduce your stress it calms your amygdala down the fight or flight uh, part of the brain the sympathetic nervous system which is also you know you're stimulating the vagus nerve while you breathe which prompts the release of stress hormone this is the amygdala like cortisol and adrenaline blood pressure and heart rate rise when you're anxious right uh we start to breathe faster and shorter blood flow moves from the heart and into the limbs preparing us to fight or flight so if you start to do deep conscious breathing and you at least do that until you're you're calmed down then you can think better because you're telling your alarm system hey false alarm might be an alarm a little one but we don't need to go crazy and be ready to ah, you know we can just all right let's calm down and then uh you know if you have an aversion to sadness gratitude is is a is a way to start doing things that you can control to kind of get you out of it to pull you out of it to at least let you look look at some good things because you know, if you look at it, bad things, it's like you are like what you, you're digesting, like you are what you eat. So it's with your thoughts too. If you're constantly thinking the worst or the negative or the bad, then it's going to manifest in your life because you're going to see it everywhere. Like that one thing, you want a red car and then you start seeing a red car everywhere. It's like, yeah, same thing with your thoughts. If you're constantly rocking the negative, your life is going to, look that way and if you're consciously anxious your life's going to look that way look at the behaviors that you're exhibiting when you're you know you're anxious it's good to comb over yourself like not just your hair but it is good to look at your behaviors and your 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 life um especially in moments if you have clarity of oh wow i'm where's this coming where's this anxiety like is what is this you know so um i find like Breathing is very good for that and, and giving thanks. And um, the more I do this, the more I talk about this, the more I see, too, the benefits of it. Because, you know, I've been rocking this for five years now. Five years, these practices. And um, my life has got significantly better in small ways. Like, because I've done breathing i've been able to think better again face the things um i've been able to think clearer um be less controlled by the emotions of the past um or the you know anxieties of the future so that's been such a blessing i've been able to uh 
have peace of mind in a lot of ways and have like joy and happiness. Before, I thought it was wrong to be happy after so many people died. I, I thought it was, I felt guilty feeling happy, but I, I realized that that's understandable because almost I was holding on to the, I was holding on to the pain as, as a way of, I don't know, remembering the people that I lost. It's like, do you want to drown in the pain? Or do you want to turn it into something beautiful? Use the pain to grow, to help other people. Brian said something to me at Pass the Candle, and I've mentioned this many times if you've listened to before. He said, I know you carry around a lot of pain, Josh, but instead of holding on to it, I want you to use it to help other people. And he said that to me in 2012, 10 years ago. Wow. It's incredible how time flies. And, and I hope I'm living up to that. You know, I hope I am. I hope I'm doing the will of God and not mine now. And I'm thankful that it has, this has been placed on my heart to do this today and to stay committed to it today. Because I tell you, a lot of things came up that almost took me away from doing this. Um, the devil's crafty. My mind is is crafty, <laughs> uh, but I always find I find the way through is to turn to God and to put it to Him first, and in that is peace because it's you don't have to figure it all out, and He helps you. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm so thankful for that, and I'm so thankful that God has not left me when I, th- when I thought many times he should have. God is good. He's a loving father. He's a loving father. And he, he, uh, he knows what to do. But we must be actively seeking him. Certainly. So, uh, I'm getting tired. It's past my bedtime. It's 950 We've been doing this for 46 minutes, and I, I think that it was good. I, I really do. I, I appreciate you listening this far, um, and I encourage you to continue on your path of healing and of growing and of helping others, and you can do that, and you can get better at that by breathing and practicing gratitude. God bless you on your journey. Keep going. Stay in it.